Recovery Radio, KMP3, Thousand Oaks. Ah, yes. You are listening to Podcast on KMP3. I am a member of Alcoholics Anonymous, and I will be your host. You can email me at sarcasticbigbook at gmail. You can follow me on Instagram at sarcastic.aa.book. As always, so glad you're here with me. Don't know if your day is just getting started or it's just winding down or it's somewhere smack dab right in the middle. But here we are, you and me, and I am glad. I'm grateful I have no desire to drink today. It's bright and early in the morning, and I do have a piping hot cup of French roast coffee from Trader Joe's, made in a French press, because a couple days ago, for no reason that was discernible, the coffee machine that we got, which we did get in a pinch, just croaked. It's not that old. So, very irritating. So, but, the bright side of it is that the coffee in the French press is pretty amazing. Still doing that special, magical blend. And I know that's why a lot of people tune in to hear about the coffee. I know that. It's really good today. has that campfire taste. If you're a fan of coffee by a campfire, it's pretty special. Do you have a libation? Do you have a celebratory beverage that you can enjoy right now with me? Go get one. We will all wait patiently. I should be, I should make Trader, I should be an affiliate of Trader Joe's. And um, monetize this podcast somehow. Nah, just kidding. So, here we are. (laughs) Really fired up right now. Very fired up. I want to read something and then talk about it. I want to read something from the doctor's opinion. And it's a very popular thing in Alcoholics Anonymous and is is referred to many times. 
And I think that it is almost always shared completely out of context. Just my opinion. You're free to disagree. Obviously, but I just feel like this is uh, very confusing for people and part of how the problem and solution are all garbled and twisted. It's from page, and before I say this, I'm going to say there's people with more time than me who adamantly disagree with everything I'm about to say, and that's fine. And, you know, when I got sober, I couldn't read. I had no comprehension skills whatsoever. I couldn't read. I didn't know what I was reading. I could read a paragraph, and I would extract one sentence and put that sentence into any context I chose, completely unrelated to what the paragraph was talking about, what it was actually saying, and just I would run with it. I mean, for example, when I sat in meetings when I was new and they read the promises, it says if we were painstaking about this phase of our development. And I just thought this phase, we're reading it right now, that must mean right now, the phase I'm in right now. Even though I'm on step two and I um, haven't done anything, that must mean what they're talking about. That's just how it was for me. And I can't be the only one who couldn't read at all. But I couldn't. I didn't know what, what I was reading. I couldn't understand. And I notice when I go to big book studies and book studies that that happens a lot. We'll read a paragraph and a sentence will be extracted and put into any context of the reader's choosing. And this might seem like a subtle, nuanced, irrelevant thing to some people, but it's not. It's huge. I'm an excellent reader now. I have really good education. I know how to read now. So I'm going to read in the doctor's opinion. Um, the last paragraph on Roman numeral 28 in the fourth edition. Men and women drink essentially because they like the effect produced by alcohol. The sensation is so elusive that while they admit it is injurious, they cannot, after a time, differentiate the true from the false. To them, their alcoholic life seems the only normal one. They are restless, irritable, and discontent. Unless they can again experience the sense of ease and comfort which comes at once by taking a few drinks. Drinks they see others taking with impunity. After they have succumbed to the desire again, as so many do, and the phenomenon of craving develops, they pass through the well-known stages of a spree emerging remorseful, 
with a firm resolution not to drink again. This is repeated over and over, and unless this person can experience an entire psychic change, there is very little hope of his recovery. And what I've always heard is sober people, um, supposedly having had a psychic change, um, usually sober for often sober for years and years, talk about this as if they're still restless, irritable, and discontent. Like that's, that's just part of who they are still. And I just want to say that when you read this paragraph, they're talking about, they're talking about somebody who is an active drinker. They're not talking about somebody who's sober for years. They're not describing somebody who's had a psychic change. Now, maybe you're thinking, well, I'm still restlessly irritable and discontent. Okay. We're human beings. We're all going to have, we're all going to be, you know, irritated and frustrated and impatient. We're going to, we're human. We're going to have, we're all going to have, we're all going to experience things like that to some degree, but I just think it's really important to note they're not describing somebody who's been sober and has had a psychic change. They're describing somebody who's still actively drinking. The rest of the big book, once we have the psychic change, describes us very differently than that. And, you know, I go to a lot of meetings and I, I do hear at almost every meeting I go to at least one person say that they're, you know, they'll blame their alcoholism for something human, something that they can um, that God can remove, frankly, according to the book. I woke up late. I mean, I woke up late. That was my, that's my alcoholism. My alcoholism wants me to stay in bed. I hear things like that at almost every meeting, something. And I think this is all tied together, which is why I bring that up. And the big book's message is so much different than what is shared. I was in a meeting yesterday. I was in a book study and we were where I go to meetings. Um, I know a lot of people who are, are, I hear a lot of things that people endure. Um, just 
treated terribly by their sponsors and by people who know their sponsors and they're they're just it's it's a lot people are very much feel afraid and pressured and it's common and it's not in any way exclusive to my area or even the areas I've been in the country lived in a lot of places and been to AA meetings all over the United States but the sarcastic big book proves that that's not even it's much bigger than that I mean I told you that I'd spoken at a meeting in Russia there were 200 people there talking about the chapter working on others in the sarcastic big book that tries to bring levity to this very all it does is document actually what happens and when you write it down and look at it it looks crazy but so I'm in this meeting and we're talking and we're reading it and it's in black and white. Make it clear that the new person is under no obligation to you. They should not be pushed or prodded by you or anyone. If they don't want to do the whole program, encourage them to follow their own conscience. You should not be offended if they don't want to work with you anymore. We're reading all these things and and um I don't know. It's, it, I don't know where that information goes. Sometimes we're all there reading it and it's just so the opposite of so much of what takes place. Working, working with others basically says, don't play God. Get out of self. Stay out of God's way. Be a light. Be loving. Be kind. Be friend. Be supportive of whatever they decide. And I bring that up because just the, uh, you know, the poor big book. I mean, it's just what it says is one thing and so that paragraph that I read they're talking about they're not talking about somebody who's been sober for five years they're not talking about somebody who's been sober for ten years that might be true that you're restless irritable discontent but you're not stuck with that is the point I'm trying to make and according to the big book if you do certain things that's not going to be your default normal state anymore Psychic change, an entire psychic change is described in the big book throughout, and it's it's not slight change. It's a radical change in one's outlook upon all of life. Now, if I let up on the spiritual program of action, um if I stop thinking about God as much and I start coming from self-centeredness more often, I'm going to become gradually less comfortable. That's true. That's true. I will. I can become restless, irritable, and discontent, for sure. But 
I'm not stuck with that. And I just wanted to talk about that because so often I hear it shared as if I'm restless, irritable, and discontent unless I'm sitting in a meeting. Or I'm restless, irritable, and discontent all the time. I mean, that's that's why I'm bringing this up. Because context is really important. It's really important. It's everything. And I talked about it a, a lot on here when I did the What Does the Big Book Say workshop um, podcasts. You know, there's that line where it says the, you know, the main problem of the alcoholic centers in his mind rather than in his body. And if you read that whole paragraph and preceding paragraph in context, they're talking about something so specific to alcohol. They're not talking about your wacky, stupid ideas about things other than alcohol. There's not. Read it. So, why am I sharing all this? Because I'm always trying to think about ways to underscore the reasons for the incredible experience that I'm having. And this is one of those many pieces. So much of why I'm having the experience I'm having today comes from my understanding of what the big book's actually saying. I don't know, maybe that helps somebody. I'm going to give a shout out to Happy Joyous and Three Sober Gratitudes podcast. Podcast greater than yourself. The Black Rhinos International Big Book Study. I got to be on there last week. It was so fun. Somebody asked, where is this meeting located? And somebody else said, we're international. We're online. Michaela, I don't know if you're listening, but hi. Sean, I don't know if you're listening. Hi. And Chelsea, I don't know what you're doing today out here in California with Kelly and Cass. But hello to all of you. Love you all very much. And I will say to anyone who needs to hear it that everything is okay. Everything's okay. I have a huge modeling shoot to do today. And um, it's a unique one. It's a unique one. It's for glow-in-the-dark shapewear. 
and um, it's just glow-in-the-dark paint, actually. And they paint underwear on on you and glows in the dark. It's interesting. Oof. <laughs> better drink more coffee that was terrible all right that was not why my life was saved i'm certain i do not know why my life was saved but on that note i am gonna go try to live a life that was worth saving and i hope you'll do the same good night